Hello. Hi, everybody. Um, telling everybody a Saturday live video. Vivian, hello. Hi, hi, everyone. Yeah. Let us wait a little bit for Narelle to come in. Um, hello. hello. Hi, hi. I'm good. Sorry, can we quickly do an audio test? Is it better if I use my AirPods or should I take them out? It's okay. It's okay. Hi. Yeah, it was perfect. Right. Hey. Hello. Okay, just let me have a look. I'm trying to figure this thing out to pin that in. Okay. Hi, hi. So I think if there's your friends coming in as well. Oh, hello. Hello, people. Yeah, I'm going live. I haven't been live in a long time. Well, not that long. Usually only hi. to talk about mental health. Hey. Good evening, everyone. So um, I'm Marilyn, and I'm from Turning. And today we have got Narel with us to talk about, you know, um, her journey with mental health. I was I was texting um, Narel just now and says that I'm really nervous, just because I think it's not just because of you. It's also because it's something so close to heart that I am not sure what to expect, and that kind of like leads to a bit of like anticipation. Oh, I feel that. Okay. I mean. I find like the easiest way to approach it is to just chat, <laughs> you know, because like it's such a, there's always so many barriers between people, you know, when you meet someone new, there's like social barriers, culture barriers and stuff like that. But in yeah. the end of the day, what we're trying to reach is that it's just like a human and a human and we're yeah. all just chilling. Hey, Sam. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in today on a Friday night. I must admit, I am actually out and I do have a little bit of a drink with me. So, you know, if you guys are feeling the vibe and you want to get a drink. Yeah, do join in. It's afternoon here, so it's a bit early for me to drink. <laughs> well, it's all relative, really. <laughs> never too early. I'm going to bring bring my bottle of wine now. Um, yeah, so today What's actually up, we want to we kind of connect with um, Narelle because I wanted to listen a little bit more to your story. And I know that because I follow you personally and I know that how you advocate for like mental health and conversation with mental health in the last recent years. And I remember one of your MV um, about your therapy that kind of like, I think that's where I started to notice that you, ad you advocate a lot about mental health and maybe for a start, um, would you like to share with us a little bit about, you know, your journey? Like, how, how did it all start? But also, before that, I just also want to, like, give an introduction to Tanique. Um, am I pronouncing it right, Tanique? Yeah, yes. which is essentially, I mean, for the people that uh, are joining on my side, it's, yeah. in, this, in essence, a brain gym. So, I mean, we go to, I mean, fitness is such a huge thing. You do yoga, running, cardio, hit F something, F5, F4. What is it called? <laughs> Never mind. Um, yeah. But we, we pay such attention to our physical body, but actually, like, 
the mental state is equally as important because that is what makes your body function in the first place. And somehow or rather, we live in a society, I mean, understandably, that pulls us in a lot of different directions and we don't pay enough attention to what actually goes on in the inner state. If we do, it makes functioning in the world surprisingly a lot easier. And I do mm-hmm. think that I mean, I do believe that that's something that we need to look at. Um, I mean, the only reason why I advocate so much for it is also because personally for me, I kind of reached a point where I had no other choice. Um, So I understand uh, why sometimes it's hard because like, it's not something that we generally want to think about. But because I have, I don't know why suddenly I feel like I'm preaching like Christ, (laughs) but but because I've experienced it personally. Yeah. um, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I just can't not. Um, and I really do care a lot about it because I'm going to stop rambling because it means a lot to me. So, sorry, what was your question? Like how, I mean, everybody, it's it, it's really sad because like for physical health, I think we have been, we've been educated since a kid of, you know, if you need to exercise or else you get high attack or you get high cholesterol, it becomes, you know, obese or high BMI, but we are not really educated with mental health. And so people always, most of the people that I know that are aware about more, like advocate for mental health, only learn it through the hard way, like either lose somebody or experience it before. So how, how is it like for you to, you know, since when did you start to have this, this awareness and what, what is it like for you through this journey? Hmm. So I guess, um, I mean, the fact that most of you are on right now is probably because this is also a topic that you care about. If you feel like anything that you want to say, you want to jump in, please do use the comments. Um, It's a safe space. I'll try and answer questions as well if you just want to share. For me personally, I'd never been that aware of it. Um, I'm pretty sure my mom, I mean, she definitely showed symptoms like she was also depressive, had a lot of anxiety. And I think growing up, I also accidentally picked up on a lot of that and I, did, I never knew that it was a thing. I mean, what I did feel was like I would be very down a lot. I have a lot of headaches. I feel a lot of fatigue. Um, and I just thought the rest of the world functioned the same way. I thought anybody yeah. who was tired would just have a, have a lot of willpower and would continue to push on. And the fact that I couldn't keep up meant that I was weaker and not good and not capable. And I didn't think too much about it until it really started to get very bad about a couple of years ago when and it's and that's the thing sorry I'm going to trigger warning straight away but I'm going to talk about like suicidal thoughts which is something that I've always kind of had in the back of my head um but then you know you always think like oh if you don't actually do it if you don't actually mean it then you know it's nothing it's nothing but now Mm -hmm. when I'm older I come to realize like the fact that it's even there that's a little bit worrisome because um, as you said in your class yesterday, so Turnic, they run classes on Zoom. Yesterday, I attended a class by Marilyn on um, neuroplasticity. And the first thing she said was like, we have 75,000 thoughts a day. 75,000 thoughts a day. That's how many a, uh, how many a minute? Like 70 minutes or something like that? Yeah, it's about 70, 70 a minute. Which 70 is, a yeah, minute. Which is more than one every second. And oh my God. if let's say, <laughs> yeah. So if let's say like majority of those thoughts are negative, like think about how much that actually affects you. So for me, um, it got to a point where I started having so many negative thoughts and I didn't realize that it was a bad thing. But because your body naturally tries to like protect you as well, what happened is that I started to shut them out. 
So it reached a point where I felt like I was a ghost in my own body and I was walking around. I couldn't really function. I couldn't talk to people because anytime someone says something to me, um, my response is a negative response. And I obviously don't want to say that out. I don't want to be a negative person and bring down people. So I just, hmm. <laughs> and what happens is like, I just lost myself. I lost my ability to talk, communicate, have fun. And after a while, I was like, I am so sick of this. I, I'm so sick of it. Like, this is not who I am. Like, I know mm. that, you know, I know that I'm fun. I know I'm loving. I know I'm giving. I'm caring. Why is it that I can't tap into that anymore? And the moment I had that decision where I was like, okay, I mean, obviously don't. But like, I was like, either you kill yourself or you fix this effing shit, you know, <laughs> just yeah. fix this shit. Um, so, I mean, after that, I kind of just was like, I will do anything and I will learn, I will study, I will do whatever it takes to drag myself out of this because I know I can do it and I, and I believe in myself. Mm. Yeah. And it's what, what is the kind of tipping point for you that you just, that you have made, you know, what, what, do you remember what happened on that day that this realization that, you know, is either I kill myself or I just, you know. Actually, yeah, it was like, okay, so I used to have this feeling. I was like, every time I would get there, I think, why can't you do it? You know, like you're a coward. You're so weak, you can't even make this action. And then one day I thought, okay, three, two, one, do it. Like kill yourself, whatever. But obviously I didn't do it. And I just imagined like if I had done it in this alternate reality, what happens now? And what yeah. I realized was like, okay, so let's say I'm dead now. My parents cry, my family cries, people mourn. And then what happens? It's like nothing, right? Like my experience in reality, I don't know what happens, would just disappear. And somehow there was this huge relief because I was like, okay, like technically, because I am not dead, now every breath I take is, is a blessing. You know, if I want to order Macs now and watch a TV show, that's a blessing. Like I would get to enjoy my double cheeseburger with barbecue sauce, you know, <laughs> that, sounds really, that sounds really great. Like if I had killed myself, I wouldn't have this burger. And then yeah. I thought like, you know, every dog video I see, I, I, I grabbed my, my, my dog, her name is Twiggy. And I was like, I would not get to do this and I would not get to do that. And I was like, okay, since hypothetically in another world, I am dead, everything from here on out in my entire life is a blessing. And, and I'm just going to do that. Obviously sometimes now, years later, like that, thought fails me when I forget but when I do remember remember I'm like hey actually quite shook, uh. you know I sit here I get to talk to you I get to drink my whiskey yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm like that's great <laughs> who cares yeah. yeah and through through this journey do you find how how do you find strength in you know maybe the first time when you go see a therapist the first time when you go see a doctor because I mean for me I, I struggle with mental health issues like years ago as well and from and it was really difficult because you are you are alone in the same time that's for me i want to get help but there is this i don't want to trouble other people kind of guilt mm. and so for you through this journey like who how did you get help from like friends or family <laughs> i think it's learning to deal with that guilt first so realizing it is one, right? Like realizing yeah. like, oh, hey, 
I actually do feel like because sometimes we just don't want to, right? Like I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to text this person. Oh no, I shouldn't. And that's the action. But the next step is realizing that there is a hesitation in that action, and mm-hmm. then digging into that hesitation to think like, why do I feel this way? Is this valid? Is this legit? If I don't understand, then maybe I do some research. And then you do research, and then you realize like, let's say um companies or like organizations that advocate for mental health, they tell you it's okay. Then I hear, okay, they say it's okay. Then maybe I ask a friend if I find a comfortable position. I'm like. Is it okay that I ask you about this? And they say it's okay. And what that does is it teaches me to kind of rewrite those pathways in my brain, being aware yeah. that, for example, if you're specifically dealing with depression, depression lies to you and tells you that you're being a burden. So mm-hmm. at least now I have the knowledge where I'm like, even though I believe it, maybe this is not true. Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> I ended up just like spending a lot of time on conspiracy theories and stuff like that. I don't know why <laughs> that helps, but I think why it made me... Um, it helped me was because it opens your mind to different perspectives, realities, and and things. So that helps you break that that horrible like solid structure that has like set down on you. You know, yeah. Like for example, I think okay because I am who I am. I'm not allowed to show weakness, or I'm not. You know, like I'm yeah, whatever. It just helps yeah. shatter that that misunderstanding in your head. Yeah, that that that's so true because I think no matter if it's conspiracy or is it like science. Sometimes we we believe mental health look like this because how people talk about it or how people treat it around us, and so like for me it was more on science where I started to realize that oh it's actually more on you know the um, hormones imbalance or the neurotransmitter in your brain. So oh right, it's actually maybe not a sign of weakness. It's more about biologically that it's something is wrong with me. So once you like you start to look at the whole thing in a different angle that oh right maybe it is not just like what you say like just that 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 thing mm. sorry and there's so a comment you... here that says um i have zero thoughts a day am i stupid <laughs> <laughs> that's super funny but no you're not stupid but if you really think you have zero thoughts a day maybe it's because you're not paying attention to your thoughts because nobody has zero thoughts a day right because um, i definitely felt that when i went through like a dissociation phase i really really, really didn't have thoughts. But maybe that's also kind of a indication. Maybe you mm. should start thinking more <laughs> or find things that you like, you know, like whether it's researching on something and then, and then giving yourself like a goal or something to like get onto it. Yeah. I think even thinking about you, thinking about myself, having zero thought is a thinking. Yeah. So, true. yeah. Exactly. Don't worry, no you're thinking. <laughs> okay, so... But there is some... There's some questions. Okay. Yeah. What happened to the Sam Willows? <laughs> Uh, you don't mind if I take the question, do you? No, 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 okay. no, no at all. Well, we we were together for a long time. We were together for like seven years, and we worked very hard. We were almost together every day, and I think it came to a point where we had to, as you grow up, put yourself first and figure out what is it that we needed um to find ourselves away from the band, find ourselves in life. Because even though we love the band, life is a lot longer than just our careers, and I think it was important for us to figure that out. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Go answer. <laughs> uh, one more question. How do you even um, treat a psychiatrist when they don't know anything about your life? Well, the first professional that you've seen is a psychiatrist or is it a counselor? Me? Yeah. I saw a psychiatrist. I had to be dragged there. Like, I refused to go. And when he did diagnose me with like depression and dysthymia, which is like a double depression type situation, I kind of was like, screw this if you know like something is wrong with me then f everything else like life sucks um but you know also i think 
psychiatrists are still people um, and doctors also not, but not to their fault, but often misdiagnosed. So it's, I find when you're dealing with mental health, it's important to have some awareness, like do your own research. And if you really don't feel like what the psychiatrist is saying is right, go get a second opinion mm. or just, yeah. So he did give me medication to take and I tried it for two weeks and I didn't like it. I couldn't get out of bed at all. And it wasn't, I didn't feel bad, but I didn't feel anything. I didn't yeah. eat, I didn't move. I didn't have any thoughts. I didn't have emotions. And I was like, I'm just, I don't, I mean, I get that you gave me medication. It was expensive. I paid for it, but I'm just not going to take it because <laughs> I don't want to. And I rather try something else. So don't, you can't think of a psychiatrist as like a be all end all situation. They're not superhuman. And the sad thing is like, you know, we still kind of have to, the final decision is yours. Um, but you can equip yourself with information to tackle it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's very important as well. I think for, for psychiatrists or any professional help, I discussed this with, um, with some other like psychiatrists and counsellors before, and then we identified there is a lot of gaps between like communication. Like, for example, for me, after I've seen a psychiatrist for, I think, the second time, and then I, I just, like you, I didn't continue the medication because I feel so indifferent. Like, I don't feel joy at all. Like, just literally, I've got no feelings. And then so, and then I stopped going to see him and he didn't call me back to be like, you know, you missed your appointment. Are you okay? So I was quite angry. Like, how is it that you know that I have societal thought or I have depression and yet I missed an appointment and I was angry about it. And like what Daryl says, it's like, it's, it's a human connection as well. You might have, you might go to a psychiatrist and not being able to hit it off with this person. So if you don't feel comfortable, it is important for you to seek for a second opinion. And yeah, therapists as well, like when you go for a therapist, um, it is still like a relationship. So you have to find someone that communicates the way you do, that understands your situation. Yeah. 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 There is another question here is, um, do you have challenges in opening up or simply start talking to your psychiatrist, counselor, or therapist? If so, how do you overcome that? Hmm. Did I have trouble talking to them? I guess a little bit. At the start, is weird, right? Because we're so used to hiding it. Um, and I often leave thinking like, oh, I didn't say this or I didn't say that or I feel shameful. Yeah. I don't know why, but it gets easier. <laughs> like now I can do a live and I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I'm fine, you know? Like, I mean, mental health is not a exactly a sexy topic, you know? But mm. I don't care anymore. I'm just like, we should, I, I mean, I advocate for talking more about it. Mm -hmm. I can't advocate for it if I don't believe and like live it the same way. And I find like difficult conversations are always had easier when you just be chill. Mm. Yeah. 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 For Eileen, it's, it's always harder at the beginning because we are quite worried about how this person's going to take it. We are very worried about how this person's going to come, if they're going to comment or things like that. But I think with, um, with a trained professional, that is what they're supposed to do as to listening to you with no judgment as well. So if you do find someone that, you know, you speak to them and you don't feel that you could just open up yourself, then you probably need to find someone else. I, I personally went to different counsellor before I found a one that, you know, I, I feel that it has the connection with me. But it, it does come with practice. The more you talk about it, the more you also accept yourself and be able to advocate for it. Yeah. Sorry, my friend Shaza just popped on, so I just want to say hi. But also, she reminded me of this thing, right? Where it's like 
Oh hi! Well, all my friends are like, hey, <laughs> okay. <laughs> hi, can we? Um, so friends help a lot. Like mm-hmm. I realize I get along really well with people who are also depressive or who have mental conditions, just because we understand. Like you know, if I tell someone like, hey, I'm sad, they're like, hey, why are you sad? Don't sad. <laughs> just sad. Just don't sad. Go out a drink. <laughs> you know, but it's like something like when I find friends that understand, it's like I just say. I'm sad, and they're like, "I get it. I'm sorry." And I'm like, "It sucks." I'm like, "Yeah, it sucks, bro." Like, fuck, you know. So, um, find look for people, but you won't be able to find these people if you don't open up yourself, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, in the end of the day, like, if you don't go and do things, right, nothing will happen. Take life into your own hands. Reach out and crap. Sorry, feel <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing a YouTube video, but that is true. Like, find someone that you think you can connect with and keep trying. If it doesn't work. It's okay. Try again. Try someone else, because what really saved my life was finding friends that I could hold like this through tough times. Yeah, and that was everything. Actually, honestly, that helped me more than therapists and doctors and medication. Yeah, I think that's 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 it's it's also important because we should get support in like our day to day life. You know, with yeah. people, even from stranger, we all should be nice to each other. And it's not like just we, if you want to help, it's just from from professional only. Come through with not. Sorry, just just reacting to comments. <laughs> um, yeah. So what 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 will be? I would say you won't understand that these friends are such a good friend without going through this journey with them. You know, through this journey, you probably. I mean, for my for myself as well, through the journey, I do find people that I was like, why am I still friends with this person? <laughs> Set boundaries right. and cut people out. Yeah. Yeah, like what, like what you say before. I remember I was opening up with to one of my friends, and I was like, you know, I think I'm depressed, t- depressive. I'm crying every night. He's like, hey, chill, lah, you know. <laughs> and then he started to joke about something. He says, hey, don't emo, I like that you cry again. And I'm like, it's and not a joke. That hurts so much, right? When you're oh, in a bad state, you're like, <laughs> I don't. Mean yeah. And and I remember I just walk away from the dinner, but I. I mean, you need you need to go through sometimes this kind of thing to realize who is gonna be the people that will be there for you, mm. right? Uh, alcohol, alcohol cures everything. Cheers. Cheers, man. <laughs> Somebody uh, said, uh, "If I can't any friend, how sometimes our symptoms make it difficult to connect with others." Do you have any? It's such a big thing, also these days. It's it's getting harder and harder to connect and mm. you know find space and make friends. Hmm. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. I think I think that's lot. where I think that's where you can join Turning because in Turning you don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> There we go. Plug it. Plug <laughs> it more. Go. Go. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about it, and also it's like Turning. What they try to do is also create a community, right? Like a safe space yeah. you can come to. It's online. They do it through Zoom. You can turn off your mic. You turn off your camera. You just attend. But if you want, you can chat. Um, I don't know Reddit. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it's true. Like, there's like subcategories in the internet that are very safe, and like, honestly, relationships that you make online nowadays is also very special. Like, it's not fake or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and through this whole journey, right? Is there any any like bitter bittersweet moment for you, or any like loss of loss and gain? Sorry, repeat that. Is there any bittersweet moment for you through this you know journey with battling with your own mental fitness? Or do you think? What do you think is the 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 biggest gain out of this? Seems to oh, be the biggest gain. I mean, yeah. I 
I, I've learned, I've really learned to appreciate my depression because I think it's taught me to be a lot more concerned and loving and caring about other people. And I mean, I also am quite um, sensitive. Like, you know, the, I'm the kind of person like in the room, like, you know, if someone's being left out, like I feel it. Um, and I think it's nice because then at least like I can be there for that person. There's also a question here that says, uh, yeah, like, like therapy hopping and stuff like that is expensive. And it really is. I think mm. people are constantly trying to put out cheaper alternatives online. Um, if I'm not wrong, I don't know. If, okay, BetterHelp is not good. Safe sp- Shit, I forgot. It's been so long since I've looked at these resources. Um, I mean, people are constantly trying. I have to admit, mental health in Singapore is not good. It's really not. Um, but there are a lot of like ins- Instagram pages or like places like turning, like like community places that are popping up trying to provide support groups and yeah they're not actually like medically certified therapists and stuff but there is a lot of information you can find online and through friends and through talking that will help a great deal and in fact I read up so much that sometimes I I go to a therapist or I go to a doctor and I know exactly what they're going to say and they Mm. don't actually even provide me with new information anymore because Mm. there's a lot you can find online Um, which is why I emphasize the importance of actually just having a community and people that you can count on I think that's more important so don't feel like if you kind of follow a therapist, it's the end of the world, you know? Like, just keep fighting and try and look for alternative spaces. What do you, what do you think it's like the biggest challenges? Oh, sorry, Shaza. Okay, so Shaza, Shasha Puff, she's like one of my, she's one of my depressive buddies. So she says, getting oh, therapy right, through polyclinics, which I, I also try to do. So you can go to a polyclinic to get referral. Um, it is, it's affordable, but the wait is long, so don't, hesitate just go first go to polyclinic get a referral and then wait for your appointment mm. yeah is and if you really i try but i still so i mean a month ago or so i went to polyclinic to kind of get a referral to imh and the next appointment was actually in december but for me i decided that like i kind of wanted to just get it done and my friend recommended this me this pretty good private psychiatrist so i just went this week actually yeah okay great that's a, and, uh, do you do you find understanding why and how depression might arise help as so understanding it allows you to give more self compassion and love? Do you find understanding why and how depression might arise? Am I drunk? I, I I'm not really getting interested. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think spreading it to me. Did you find understanding why and how depression help might help might arise help? Yes. Um, yes. Actually, like a lot of scientific um, reading helped a lot. I mean, also because that's the way I understand things. For example, knowing that thoughts... Okay, so essentially, right, like we have emotional reactions. You know, I'm sad. But what you don't realize is that there was something that made you sad. So, for example, if let's say my issue is I am shy or, okay, let's say I have low self-confidence and someone says something that triggers that in me, that will immediately like put me through this link of like, okay, low self-confidence, link to a past trigger, past trauma, um, react by closing up and hitting yourself or something. And then it goes, and then I close up. But mm. then we also have things in our body that will make us deny it. So maybe, for example, I, I say, low self-confidence, someone insult, and then I don't want to feel sad. So I say, no, I'm going to react with anger or something or like defensiveness. So that's another pathway. The... Um, the way that neurons fire off in our brain, right? Like the more it goes through a certain pathway. So think of like a snowy um, mountain and when you snowboard, right? 
let's say someone takes one path down and if you keep taking the same path the groove goes really really deep and mm. that actually and it almost becomes like no matter what happens even though there is like a whole mountain of sand the moment something hits i am going to fall into that path being aware of that really helped because it meant that even though i know it might take a while i can take time to write a different path so look basically tracking back up your emotional responses so let's say i say oh i'm 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 feeling bad but instead of giving into the bad feeling i'm like why am i feeling bad was it because of this thing that the person said okay so he said that um maybe now instead of reacting this way i'm going to try reacting another way and i keep trying to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and you know what it fucking works it really works like a year later i will be like something happens and i'm like oh I feel bad. Actually, no. Why I feel bad? I just do this lah, and it's so much mm. easier. And I just every time that happens, I sit there and be like, "It could chop." You know, like well done. <laughs> good yeah. job, way Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. That, 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 that what you were saying. It's it's like what I covered in, in my class yesterday about neuroplasticity. So for those who don't know about neuroplasticity, it's that our brains and neurons are firing in the same in in a certain pattern. For example, like now you go to the nearest. Coffee shop, you will know how to walk because you already used that route million times. But now, if I say, okay, go to another block and then come back, you might you might not be familiar. But the more you practice it, the more you um, the more you will be familiar with it. And so, that is- knowing that you actually have a choice to to choose another route, I think gives you the freedom of like options. Mm. That's yeah. actually a really great analogy because it it. Physically, is that? For example, if you are really stuck in a routine, it helps to completely take yourself out of routine. Because if let's say you go to work every day and you feel a certain way, right? And then suddenly I say, okay, go to the beach, play badminton. Doesn't work because got wind, right? Then you are then you are trying to play badminton against the wind and you are panicking. In that moment, right, when something happens, you you have never been in that situation, so you don't know how to react, and you can look mm-hmm. at it with a new lens. So actually, it's really important to try new things, which I think is also why this year sucks so hard because we can't travel. And traveling mm. really allows you to do that. It takes yourself out of the monotony. You can run away from all your work commitments or, or problems and stuff like that. So, it, even though we can't travel, I think being aware of it is important. Like being aware that we are currently existing in pandemic. Like even though we say that very often, we're like yeah, yeah, yeah. But then inside, you still say no, no, chong, chong, chong. Like no lah. Like you know, you have to cut yourself a bit more slack and know that we are all going through uncertainty. We are all panicking. Yeah. We are all unsure. It's tough. Like you turn on the news, there's so much negativity. Yes, and you must be aware that these things affect you, and at least the awareness will help you counter it rather than to be swept away and just mm. be lost at sea. Yeah. Yeah, one of the, one of the thing it's also to be to be to accept negative feeling. I think we are not very trained to accept negative feelings. That one we have negative feelings, we try to. It's like a bad thing. You know, if you feel if you feel sad, it's a bad thing. You need to kind of quickly be positive. Or when people say something, or, or people will try to comment, be like, "Oh, you know, I'll try to be positive." And it's it's not just about that. Sometimes it's saying that it's okay to feel sad because we are all human at the end of the day, and we have ex- emotions, and that's how you know without sadness you won't have happiness. Correct. 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 Right. <laughs> okay. Do we have any other questions for for Narel? If not, I have. Um, what do you think is the biggest challenge towards you know normalizing mental health related topic? Why do you think people know. are not doing? 
Um, because because we haven't dealt with it ourselves. Like when, like obviously you go and tell like a a boomer, like CEO, like care about these things. They don't care because why? Not because they don't have empathy, but because they have lived through a lot of hardships. And even if though they have been sad and hurt, they've had to kind of like shelter themselves. So they actually form like a really hard shell, and that can't open. So I think. We just need to be a bit softer, listen to more music, appreciate art, care about people more, and actually, it's all universal. It it all connects, right? Like you care about yourself, you care about other people. You can't care about someone else, and I know a lot of us feel that way. Like we want to give to other people, or we don't give to ourselves. But the truth is, it's like you can't give on empty. So don't think of it as being selfish. Like remember to give yourself first, and then give other people. It's not selfish. Yeah, it's selfish. And um, when you care about, for example, the environment, you care about others. You care about, like, living life fully. Like, okay, I recently what I always write in my journal is to unclench because I realize how often I'm just like tense. And when I'm tense, like, you know, usually what gets me tense is like the meritocracy in Singapore. Like, make money lah, do this lah. Feel sad, don't care, just keep working. Don't pay attention to yourself. And this is like it all jumbles up, you know. Um, shit, I lost my thought. But what I was saying was the universality of love. I guess like caring about the fluffy things, caring about the soft things, caring about spirituality, mental state, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yes, correct. Yeah, just to be just to be kinder with one to to one another. I think with with more compassion, then people will also try to get to understand more. There is a question here. What's a good platform to make new genuine friends? And what type of attitude should we have when meeting new friends that seem different from us or when we know that they are fake? Uh, ignore them. <laughs> be like, bye. Oh, like, thank you very much. Okay, bye. Close door. <laughs> I, I remember that the, um, there's this that I learned last week while talking to someone and then astrology, basically she's, he's reading all my star sign and said that, you know, um, about what kind of personality I am. So he did, he did say something about time and energy, which I think I'll just share with all of you that he said he's, he's quite rich, but he always says that, you know, you don't focus on money, but focus your time and energy on people that is going to contribute to your growth as, and because these are things that are not going to be able to come back. So let's just say you meet someone and you know, you, you know that they are fake. So I, I just think that life is too short to give your time and energy to them. So try to express in a in a nice way and and then move on. Good advice. And also on the on the point of safe spaces, like how do you find people? Um, I think it also varies from person to person. Like simply starting by just like, you know, restructuring your algorithms on all your social medias to things related to mental health will surprisingly throw you into more groups that you can find yeah. people. Also, what I found was, like, if you start putting up the energy into the world, like, I mean, prior to last year, I really didn't talk about mental health. And then the moment I started doing it, it's like, you just, the doors open in front of mm. you and you find people and think in ways that you would never expect. And sometimes you can't force these situations, you can't predict them. But if you move through life, be, be open to the opportunities that come to you and you will find a path that you would have not found otherwise. Hmm. Yeah, great advice. Any advice on how to start opening up to parents, especially if the parents may be emotionally abusive? Okay, I mean, unpopular opinion, but how I feel about this situation is like the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Like, frankly, sometimes 
you need to, if let's say your parents really can't talk and you're not in a state where you have the energy to go and unwind years of that, don't talk to them first. Go out, find your own space, go talk to someone else. And maybe like, like for example, like now when I'm better, my relationship with my dad has improved so much, but only because I am like healthy enough to go there and like, talk to him you know mm-hmm. and I and I and I always I because I'm so calm now it's like I just go there and I'll be like hey there like what do you think of this or like you know like, like I was I, like we're having dinner and I'll just be like oh yeah I went to see a psychiatrist like I, I, I I'm not feeling well but I'm feeling better now and this is what I think blah 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 and then because I am so much healthier like I can finally take the conversation but if you yeah. are not in that position then don't do it mm. yet yeah yeah go find from somewhere else first yeah, my personal, my, my, per, my personal, um, what's that called, advice is that it, depend, it really depends on how is the relationship with your parents. For an example, back to the example of myself, is that I struggled for a very long time before I opened up to my parents because my anticipation of what they are going to say, I thought they're going to just tell me that, oh, you know what, you're thinking too much and I don't want to hear that. And so I've been trying to delay and also I don't want to be seen as you know, I failed in something in life. But however, when I did make a step to open up to my parents, I remember my mom cried and then she just, she just started apologizing to me. And, and that was the point of time that I know that I need to go seek help because it's, it, it really depends on how safe you feel. If you feel that, you know, your, your parents are going to be, you're not feeling safe talking to them, then like what Nara says, try to, reach out to other resources and then when you feel a little bit more be- like better then you come back and let them know about it but if it's if it's more of a personal um, like sometimes we're very hard on ourselves and we think that that's what people will say then maybe it is worth to you know take the lid it really needs to to measure up yeah yeah I do I do have like you know members and some clients that do open up to their parents and then they get really Get, get worse from there but I don't think there is a one solution that fits everybody you really need to trial and error and also I'm so sorry that you can't talk to your parents like yeah, somebody I can't remember where it was but somebody also asked like something about what do I see as a men- mentally healthy Singapore or something what do you see in a mentally ideal and healthy Singapore um, I think we need to fix a lot of these relationships right I mean, it's not our parents' fault that they are not as open to these topics because mm-hmm. in their time, we are definitely less evolved, right? It's like we change as we grow up and they didn't have the luxury of being able to think about their mental health and it's not their fault. But in a mentally healthy Singapore, I think the main thing that I think we need to have is community, like caring about others and caring about mm-hmm. ourselves and honestly, care less about money. Care less about money, face success. That's, that's it. That will help us so much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The definition of success, it's another, it's another big topic, right? How do, you, how do you define money to success? And that's, that's very um, distorted mentality that we have, you know, through the years in culture, which be like, you know, if you, you become a doc- doctor or a lawyer or you earn a lot of money, you're successful. But sometimes when people, like I can look at you and be, says, be saying that, you know, you showing up here today and then asking this question, to me, it's a courage and it's a success. So, mm. yeah. It's all relative, really. Yeah, we make, yeah, we're always on our own journey. We make our own, like, joys, right? Because, okay, what happens if you go and chase, like, the, the ideals of, of, of someone else is that you're mm-hmm. going to attain it 
because whatever we really put our mind to, we're going to get it. Let's say somebody else has like, I don't know, like can go and eat a fancy restaurant dinners every day and like show off on Instagram. And I think I want that. But maybe, maybe some people do, but maybe you don't. You know? mm. And what I realized about, for example, things like depression, it's your body telling you that you're putting yourself in, in a situation that you don't actually like. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's a signal. It's telling you, hey, something is wrong. Something is wrong. So yeah. don't ignore it. Right. And, and just because someone else can flex on Instagram, like that doesn't mean anything. Like, what if you really just don't want it? What if, like, for me, like, I just want to, like, chill. I, I would love to be a hippie and a beach bum, you know? And it took me so long, especially because of the job that I do, to be like, oh, you always have to keep climbing. You have to reach. You have to do this and do that. And I hate it. I really do. And it mm. took me years to even just understand that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There is a there is a really nice uh, quote here shared by SM Photo. It says we spend money that we do not have on things we do not need to impress people who do not care. Three. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, my mom got mad when she, my mom got mad when she found out that I was going to counseling. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Uh, do you guys know that marital rape was repealed? In January 2020 only. We're moving forward as a society. Thank God. I actually think my parents may have experienced trauma on their own, so I'm not exactly mad at them. They may actually need more help than I do. That's true because, um, yeah, sometimes when you realize that people are hurting you or people are saying nasty comments, it's not because you are broken. I just read this book yesterday, so it's fresh in my head. So it says, it's not because you are broken, but because they are broken. So you... In, in, instead of being angry and you just show more compassion to them as well because they've gone they're brought up especially a lot of our parents right they are brought up in a in an era where their parents are working very hard and they aren't they can't show weakness they need to be very independent so they that's how they brought they, they were brought up so they put this whole thing on us as well there's no right or wrong it's just how you know they, they have been through as well my mom say doctor or lawyer or not or no xbox <laughs> <laughs> then I said I said for you bro <laughs> it's okay dude wait till you become an adult then you get to do whatever you want <laughs> it is awesome it really is, is yeah. I thought that was your friend okay <laughs> thanks for the info guys I'm actually at my bagel house's office they lend me their recordings, their little like studio space because we were out. Oh, yeah, we were, right. So just out having a drink. Oh, very nice. No, someone was knocking at the door. Guys, please respect the conversation. Thank you. <laughs> 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 uh, maybe the question people like J.K. Rowling. Blah, blah. Exactly. The whole narrow-mindedness in Singaporeans are focusing on attaining the road more traveled and proven rather than having an open mind to pursue other aspects. Seriously, the world is much bigger. Yeah, I think it's still quite enlightening. It's quite enlightening that, you know, nowadays people are getting more and more stuff. Sorry, they said show the Murakami, so I was like, okay, if you insist, because I'm using your space. Takashi. Oh, very nice. Um, Yeah, so, sorry, what was I saying just now? It's quite nice now to see like, you know, more and more people coming out to talk about mental health. I think it starts from some point 
And I always and I always believe that you know when physical gym first started, people are all like, "Yee, what is that?" But then when it got it starts to like continue can continue doing it, then people raise the awareness about it. I think awareness is the key. And then as we grow, maybe we are at the start of like you know an evolution of a couple many years that we will not be able to see what's the result. But it starts from somewhere, and I think it's really nice that you know we get to speak to you today, and you know you advocate so anything, much. Right. The first thing to think about, right, is don't care about others. I mean, not don't care about others, but care more about yourself. You know, not in a selfish way, but really like care about yourself. Care, love yourself, do it. Yeah, yeah. Do it because it's fun. Okay, that's all. That was all I wanted. To say. <laughs> like what you say? Like what Thanks you say? Like to my know? TED talk. <laughs> um. Yeah, you can't surf with empty, empty. So it's it's very important to fill your own cup first, and then overflow it with to other people. All right, before we end this whole session, right? Do you have any your personal um, self, not really self care guide, but what is it that you do often to keep yourself kind of grounded or keep track of your own your own emotions and mental fitness? All right, you write them. You write them daily. Not every day, lah. I mean, if I forget, I don't want. I don't write long, but I journal a lot. I always, I just have a document open on my computer all the time. And then even if like I'm just doing what halfway, I just want to go like, "Hello, how are you today?" I like I just go and write a while, you know. Like it's just basically for my brain to vomit. And I think that's important because once you start being aware, like conscious of your own thoughts, then that's how you can start fixing it and understanding yourself better. Because yeah. the weird thing is that like we see everyone and everything around us but we never, ever, ever get to actually see ourselves. So we actually need to put in more work to understanding who we are. Mm. Um, yeah, the mood calendar, someone commented. It was like something that I started doing at the start of, I think somewhere in 2018. And I would, because I was so unaware of how I was feeling, really, because mm-hmm. I had shut down that, you know, like ignored myself. So every day yeah. I would just like color in, a color into a calendar to say like, okay, today was what? Because, um, but actually, okay, so, sorry, I'm jumping. But, like, how that really helped is, like, my color for being emotionally distressed is purple. And I used to think, like, oh, I'm always distressed. I'm always depressed, blah, blah, blah. But when I actually started coloring it down, I realized that those days would only come in, like, days of threes or fours. And somehow, no matter what, they will always disappear. And I can put in other colors, like pink, which is a great day. Um and that really helped. Then I made I made a calendar, a twenty twenty calendar for all my fans, um, which kind of appropriate, right, right, guys? Because this year we sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there for you. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's cool because I think when you when when you are at the purple stage where you are emotionally distressed, it 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 can feel like it's forever. Yeah. So when you put that into a calendar, it makes it a lot more visual. It also locks you into like time, you know, like you don't see the days pass by you so quickly. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Okay. If there is no other question, we'll let Narelle back to her chill drinking sessions with friends. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you so much for spending time to, you know, just, just chat about, about it. And I think it's, it's really, it's really nice to... Likewise. Yes. Okay, to and, and to have people that are open to this conversation, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, yes. It's yes, really very nice much. to have you guys here because I know this is not like, oh, let me show you my wardrobe or whatever. But, 
for people who stayed the whole way like thank you i mean i it's nice to know like anyone that's watching like you know we are here for a reason like you stayed for a reason and that means that we truly are not alone <laughs> mm-hmm. you know so take heart in that and being aware okay. of yourself Yes, just know that you know you're not in this journey on your own and sometimes you when even even when you feel like you're in the shittiest position it is important for you to take a step back and realize that you know you're not alone and I think that itself it's it's powerful to you know Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. If I before we go, sorry. Sorry. I, I do this quite often and I mean obviously please don't spam me with shit but I always say like you know if you really really need help Uh, you really really have nowhere to go you can dm me i do try my best to reply every single uh, message on mental health I'll, always i really i try my my best <laughs> um but yeah oh. please please if you have no one else to go to just remember that you can dm me yep yeah and yeah that's great okay okay thank you yeah. everyone if you do missed out on some part of it this will be converted into a podcast and upload on yeah. spotify so you can listen to it if you go to work or listen to it before you go to bed but yay all right thank you very much and thank you everyone to have a good night sleep bye 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 bye